been talking about feelings. Feelings. And I think this is such a relevant topic for the days that we're living in because everything is about how you feel. Your identity, the way that you see the world, everything is about how you feel. And, And now we come up with terms to help because our feelings are so fickle that we say that, you know, things are fluid. You know, because you feel different one day than another day. Right? And, and so, so these feelings are just fluid and one day you feel a certain way and the next day you feel another way. And, and the problem is, is that this is even an issue within the church. Is, is that we go by our feelings. Just like that video that we've seen um, just a little bit ago. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What would it look like if the church lived like that? Like they believed it. And the reason why we have such a hard time living like we believe it is because we're moved by our feelings. Our feelings move us off the truth of the Word of God. Feelings are great. I enjoy feelings. But they make a very poor master. Feelings are supposed to come after we move in faith. After we live our lives according to the Word of God. Look at, look at what it says here. Maybe. Well, in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The, right, the righteous shall live by their emotions. The righteous should live by their feelings. Now the righteous are supposed to live by faith. And understand what faith is. Faith is a gift from God. It's given to us by His grace. We have been given the measure, not a measure, the measure. All of us receive the measure of faith. Faith is not in you trying to accomplish something in the spirit realm. Faith isn't about you trying to be a good little girl or a good little boy and acting in a certain way so that God blesses you. Faith is not about you. It's not your faith. It's the faith of Jesus. And our faith, our trust, our reliance is on what He has accomplished. His finished work. All the promises of God have their yet... I say this scripture all the time, because, but we don't get... All the promises of God have their yes and their amen in Jesus. It doesn't have their yes and their amen in when you have memorized enough scriptures. It doesn't have their yes and amen when you get enough attendance at church. It doesn't have its yes and amen when you have prayed enough. Or as a lot of the church likes to do, if we just get enough people to pray, then we can twist God's arm and make Him fulfill His promises. Religion looks very spiritual. Our faith is in Jesus. What Jesus has accomplished. What Jesus has done. We add our Amen 
to his finished work. What does amen mean? We say amen, right? Sometimes I get an amen from you. What amen means, so be it. You're literally saying when someone says something and you say amen to it, that means you're saying, so be what you have just declared unto me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by our emotions, not by sight. No, it says we walk by faith, not by sight, not by what we see and, and what we taste and what we feel and, 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 and the way that our mind is interpreting this, this external physical world. We're supposed to be walking by the truth that is ours in Christ Jesus. Look at how they amplified version puts this. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God. How is your relationship with God? Have you been justified? Have you been made righteous? Does the word say that you've been made holy? Does it say that you've become one spirit with him? Does it, does it say that, that, uh, um, that we have the Spirit of God living within us and that you have literally become the temple of God? He says, man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor, thus we walk and not by sight or appearances. Or parents. And then Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ. How did you receive Christ? How did we receive the, the, the new creation, the, the Spirit of Christ living in within us? How did we receive that? By faith. Or if you want to be very Technical, by grace through faith. And that faith is not of your own. It's a gift from God, it goes on to say. We receive Jesus. We have received the new birth. We receive the new creation by faith. And it says, therefore, as you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. This is the exact same thing. It's saying the just, the justified, those that have been made righteous before God will live by faith. We live, we walk in Jesus, in the reality that's ours, in Christ Jesus, the promises of God, the, 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 the inheritance of the saints. We walk in that the same way that we received it. By faith. By trust. Reckless abandonment to the truth of Jesus Christ. What would the world look like if me, if you, if we truly did have reckless abandonment to trusting God? Not trusting ourselves. Not trusting our own clever devices. Not trusting... Not trusting the, 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 the might of our hand. Not trusting our bank account. Not, not trusting 
our government, not trusting all of the things of this world, what would, the, what would it look like if the church really did have reckless abandonment that Jesus is Lord? You know, how many of you guys remember? Do you remember when you were first introduced to Jesus and you were born again? I, mean, can, I know some of you guys... You're like me, you're getting old. But, but can you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember when you first met Jesus? What was it like? Come on. It was awesome. Freedom? Right? Joy was, I mean, was, I mean could you say that maybe when you walked it seemed like your feet weren't touching the ground as much? That, that weight was lifted? Lighter? Love, acceptance, all of, all of these things come when you, when you first, first introduce Him to Jesus and, and the revelation of what He has accomplished single-handed for us. And we didn't have to do a thing for it. Right? How is that different than how we feel today? Have you ever been to a conference? Or maybe a, co- a Christian concert, right? Or uh, you went away on a retreat where you experienced the presence of God in a very, very tangible, tangible way. You know, when, 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 we, when I first came back into the church, um, one of the major events that was happening throughout the nation was a thing called Promise Keepers. And Promise keepers would take stadiums that are like today is going to be filled with 40,000 people and they'd fill it with 40,000 men sinking Jesus. And I remember those times of of worshiping all together 40,000 men singing, How Great Thou Art. It's an amazing experience. I remember the messages that were convicting, targeted towards men's hearts and men's minds and the struggles that men have. I remember altars being filled over and over and over again. And then I remember coming home. Entering back into Normal life. I went to a church and I had a pastor and the pa- pastor, and I, you know, it, until recently I really didn't understand his, his uh, attitude, I guess you would say. He wasn't a big um, event type guy. And we, we were going to Promise Keepers and, 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 uh, and I was just talking to him, and he, I said, it's just awesome. Just like I t- said to you guys, you know, 40,000 men singing How Great Thou Art. And, and he said back to me, he says, you know what's better than that? 40,000 men acting, living out How Great Thou Art. And when he said that, I thought he was, truthfully, I was a little offended. But 
as I've matured in my walk in Christ, the more I understand what he was trying to say. That those experiences are great. Those emotions are great. But if it doesn't translate into discipleship, if it doesn't translate into a life lived out in faith, it's worthless. And we've all experienced that. There's been church services, there's been, there's been conferences, there's been special events that we went to where the presence of God is just mightily... I mean, right now you might be sitting here and you might think that the presence of God isn't here. Why? Because you don't feel it. You don't have goosebumps up your, your neck. Right? Or you're not getting the shakes. I've had the shakes. They call me a Quaker. No. But yeah, That's why they call them Quakers. You don't know that. But anyways... Do you know that God is here? That God is here? God is here. Whether you feel Him or not, the just will live by faith. You know, in John 2, 23, it talks about Jesus and how He did these miracles, these signs, these wonders. And this was early in Jesus' um, ministry. And it, it was about the time of Passover celebration. And, and it said that people started flocking to Him, trusting that He was the Messiah. And, and, and it said that Jesus did not trust in them, for He knew about human nature. He knew what was in the heart of men. They were drawn to Jesus emotionally, but they weren't connecting with Jesus with the heart, with faith. And we've seen over and over again how people, the feeding of the multitudes, people are drawn to Him for the miracles, drawn to Him for, for the things that they could experience. But when He starts saying, you must drink My blood and eat My flesh, they couldn't handle that and they walked away. And what He's literally saying, people say that, well, they thought He was talking about cannibalism. No, He was saying, you have to... He was talking about a covenant. That I must become your covenant. You must forsake the covenant of Moses and you must cling to me and me alone. And they couldn't enter into faith. So often we do that as, as, as Christians. We, we, we're constantly looking for, for things that... Titalize. Is that a good word? I don't know. Maybe I just swore in church. I don't know. But it, 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 uh, our, our, our emotions, our feelings. And we need to understand, as awesome as those times are, God never intended us to live in a constant state of heightened emotions. You can't live there. 
We praise God for those times. We praise God for those times of edification, for encouragement, for refreshing, for lighting the fire. But those times cannot exist. We can't exist in those times 24 hours a day. Our relationship with the Lord is to be lived out by faith, not by sight, not by appearance, not by our feelings. God wants us to live by faith in Him, not by our feelings. See, feelings tend to be dependent on our circumstances. And our circumstances are dependent on the physical realm. Faith is a product of your heart. And your heart is of the spiritual realm. Your heart is the core of who you are. Your heart is where your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and the recreated spirit that lives in you are joined together as one. Your feelings can be tempted. They can be manipulated. They can be manipulated and tempted by the devil, and they can be manipulated and tempted by people. There are complete programs for selling that is all based on manipulation, mind control. Have you ever went to a car dealership? They come out. They start speaking to your emotions. I don't I'm just looking today. Well, just just get in it. Just get in. See see what it feels like. Smell it. Let's take it for a drive. No, I don't need, I don't want to take it for. No, let's just take it for a drive. Let's just see how it feels on the road. Man, you look good in this car. I think your wife would like you a lot better if you had this car. You know, people there's a chance that you could get a raise if you just looked like you were ready to go to the next level. This, this, car, this car would do that for you. We have a multi-billion dollar industry called advertising. I mean, how can you get so emotional over dish soap? If I have this dish, dish soap, my life is going to be so much better. You're constantly being tempted. You're constantly being manipulated by your emotions. By your emotions. Spiritual truths, they are eternal. A person that walks by faith in God rather than their feelings will be a much more stable person not only in their life, but also in their relationship with God. Again, times in the Spirit, spirit where the presence of the Lord is tangible is awesome. I'm not downplaying that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not downplaying that, that times of, of just tangible, physical I like goosebumps. I like tremors. I like seeing the presence and feeling the presence 
of God. But that should come as a natural progression of faith rather than trying to work up emotions to get faith. You understand? <laughs> a lot of times, and we can have church just like a halftime game at a football, a football game where the coach comes in and tries to stir everybody up. Stir them up! Why? So they can, they can believe that they can win. Listen. You've already won. Now get stirred up. Faith should produce our emotions. Our emotions do not produce faith. Do you know how many times that I've had to get up here and teach by faith? Faith that God's Word is living, that it's powerful, that it's going to go forth and do what it has been sent to do because I felt like it was dead in here. I've had people, I've gotten done with messages and thought it was the worst message I ever taught. And had people come up to me and say, that was the best thing I've ever heard. You cannot be moved by your emotions. You have to be moved by faith. Many people start chasing emotional experiences. Christians chase emotional experiences. If I just, if I just go to here, if I go to here, they, they chase a word from God. I hear that there's going to be a prophet there and, I, and they can tell me what I need to do with my life. You already have a word from God. It's right here. And if you don't put faith in this, I can tell you, I've seen it happen multiple times. People get prophecies and they never come to fruition. Why? Because they, if they, you can't put this word, you can't walk by faith in this word, you're not going to walk by faith in a prophetic word. Prophecy is good. We believe in prophecy. But we are not people of emotions. We are people of faith. We chase experiences rather than God. We chase experiences rather than embracing the truth that we are in an experience. You have the Spirit of God within you. You have the fruit of the Spirit within you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You are an experience. We chase revival. You carry revival in you. The life, the eternal life of the Godhead lives in you.
we chase those experiences and we think we're being spiritual, but in reality, we're being carnal. We're really no different than an addict chasing its next high. Does the Word of God say He loves you? It does, right? Come on, that's an easy one. Everybody should have said yes. Come on. Does it, does it say that He'll never abandon you? That should be enough. That should be enough. So many people need to grasp and understand the integrity of God's Word. He says that He puts His Word above His name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. He says that I'm, God said that He is only as good as His Word. So you can tell a person if their relationship with God is, is um, feeling-based and not faith-based when something goes wrong in their life. Because when something goes wrong, if you're not faith-based, if, if you're feeling-based, you'll say something like, has God left, left me? Has God abandoned me? Is God punishing me? Let me ask you, does God punish his does God punish you? Man, you guys can't even answer that. Can God will not punish you. You are will he, you the punishment fell on Jesus. And God wasn't even punishing Jesus. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God is not even mad at the human race. God is mad at sin. Sin is a disease. Sin is a cancer that is destroying humanity. The children that God loves, Jesus destroyed sin on the cross. How can we have faith in God when we think that He's the source of our problems. If I was a source of all my children's problems, they should run from me and never look back. But then we turn around and say that God is the source of our problems. Why? Because He's so much wiser than us. And He's trying to teach us something from it. Again, if you won't learn from this, you will not learn from the things that happen to you. What did Jesus tell the rich man? Or the rich man that was in hell. The rich man said to Jesus, you know, let me go back and tell my brothers and about this place. 
So they never come here. And Jesus says, they have Moses and the prophets. If they won't believe them, they're not going to believe if someone raises from the dead. Most of you, I'm not going to go down that path. Okay, so... Is God displeased with me? God is pleased with you based on what Jesus Christ has done, not based on what you have done. And now you're thinking, well, goody, I can do whatever I want. Come on. God will not punish you, but sin is more than willing to reap the wages of sin, which is death. He'll destroy your finances, He'll destroy your health, He'll destroy your marriages, He'll destroy your reputation, and in the end, He'll kill you. Has God quit loving me? If you've ever felt these things or thought these things, it, it shows that your relationship with God is completely based on emotions. It's completely based on your feelings. It's completely based on your circumstances and not in faith and who He is. And these people, we're talking about Christians, their lives are an emotional roller coaster. They're up, they're down, they're up and down. This is why we have things, we say things like, you know, God is just taking me into a desert place. Now Jesus said that he that believes in me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. How can you have a desert when you're an artesian well? It's because we, 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 we are controlled by our emotions instead of what the Word says. We're controlled by our emotions instead of the truth that is in us. We're controlled by the, our emotions, so we have to put spiritual language to how we are feeling. God wants you to get off the roller coaster. Remember, the just shall live by faith, not their feelings. How about, how about your marriage? If you're married here, or, you, or maybe you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, do you remember what that felt like when you first started dating? Did you, did you remember what it felt like to, to have to be with that person? You couldn't wait. It's amazing how when you're dating someone, you only need two hours of sleep a day. Right? You can be on the phone all night long. It's amazing how you don't need to eat as much when the butterflies are in the stomach. When life is great. Right? But... Is that really what true love and relationship looks like and commitment looks like? No, there comes a time 
There comes a time where you get married, you've got to get up and go to work. You, get, you can't be with them all the time. Real life starts happening. Right? You hear noises from the bathroom that you're, no one's ever supposed to hear. It, you know, the, the, the emotions, they're not there all the time like they used to be. But does that mean that you love that person less? No! It means that you're maturing and you're and your relationship is no longer based on how we make each other feel, but it's matured into a place where I trust in your love for me, and you trust in my love for you, and we trust in the commitment that we have for one another. That's what love looks like. Are there still days? Is there still times? Do you, do you need, um, arrange certain, certain experiences so that you can still ha- feel that emotion, feel that, that love, excitement? Yes, you should. You should. But it's impossible to live in that. It's impossible to live in that. It seems that the body of Christ is looking for an emotional relationship with Christ rather than a faith relationship with our Lord. Now why do I say that? Because the number one, number one, reason most people choose a church to attend is based on the worship service is based on the worship service. How well do they entertain me? How well do they make how do they make me feel? I'm telling you that the church is guilty of manipulating people with their emotions. By, or excuse me, by their emotions. I try, I try my hardest not to manipulate you by your emotions. It's so... You know how easy... If you want to manipulate people by their emotions and get altars filled and all these things, just just preach sin. The church, the world doesn't need to know what sinners they are. They need to know who they are in Christ Jesus. They need to know what Jesus has done for them so that they can walk it out by faith. They want to know if if it has a good worship experience. We sing songs that are unbiblical because they have a good tune and they make us feel 
something. Or it touches them emotionally and they could care less if it's true to the Word or not. One such song, shoot, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. It gets to a bridge where it has you repeat over and over again. He gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. My heart will choose to stay. He gives and takes away. Isn't that wonderful? That you're, 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 you are the better person even though God is sometimes doing good to me, sometimes He's doing bad to me. Guess what? I'm so good that my heart, I'll choose to love Him despite what He does to me. That comes from the book of Job. Job said that. Blessed be the, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Keep reading the, keep reading the book of Job. God scolds Job and tells him that he has spoke, spoken evil of him, that he has lied about God, that he's spoken about things that he has no idea about. But because our experiences in life seem to be up and down and good and bad, I can emotionally understand a God that gives and takes away and I feel good because I'm here worshiping Him today despite Him being as evil as He is. I mean, there, there's a song, I don't, I have such problems with songs and Amanda doesn't like it. Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a word guy. When I choose songs that we sing, it's because of the words that are being said in it. It has really nothing. That's the problem is a lot of times I go through it and I have to listen to each one to make sure they even flow together because I'm picking them by the words that are being said, not by the tune, the melody, or how it, it plays out. Sometimes we'll have um, slow songs at the beginning and fast songs at the end. I, and I don't know if that's supposed to how you do it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I thought you're supposed to do the fast songs first and then you slow it down because you're, you're working on their emotions. You're trying to get them no, getting in the place of reverence and holiness and contemplation. So, but but there, there's a song, it, it, it's, it's talking about that even if you don't answer my prayer, I'm still, it's, it's basically the same, same line, that I'm still going to worship you. Who are, who are you? To say, you know what, God? Even if you don't fulfill what you say that you're going to do, I'm the bigger person. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to keep worshiping you. Do, you. do you understand that? And the problem is, is people go through things in life, and I'm not saying that there aren't hard things in life, that there isn't pain, there isn't issues that we have in life, but we go through life and we, somehow we get comfort in the idea that 
even though God's doing this to me, I'm somehow a better person because I'm still here. I'm still worshiping. I showed up despite Him. And I know that this isn't how you guys think when you're listening to the songs, but this is really what we're saying. We like to be moved by our emotions. Rather, We like to sing songs that are catchy. We like to, to say things that, that touch us mentally and not spiritually because it makes us feel a certain way. You know, in James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. God never does anything in your life to cause you to question who He is. It says, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Praise the Lord. And He Himself tempts no one. Some translations say no one with evil. James 1.16, now this is, this is Jesus' half-brother. I think he, he knows what he's talking about. He says, do not be deceived. So many of us are deceived. There are times in our life when we're deceived. He says, do not be deceived, my brothers, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variance or shadow due to change. That Scripture right there alone, how can you ever say that the bad things that are happening in your life are from God? How can you? He is absolute light. He is absolute life. He is absolute love. He can't give darkness. He has no darkness in Him. He cannot, he cannot give death. He has no death in Him. If you, if you come into God, you come alive. Now listen to me. I'm not saying that we need less emotions in the church. I enjoy emotions. I enjoy worship. I enjoy feeling the presence of God. I'm not saying we need less emotions. What I'm saying is, is we need a lot more faith experiences. And allow our faith experiences to produce our emotions. Here's why. 1 John 5 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. The reason why our faith has to be leading us rather than our emotions is because we are world overcomers, and the only way that we can walk in this overcoming victory that is ours in Christ Jesus is to walk by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And with Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a punisher of those that seek Him. No, He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those that seek Him. 
How do you please God? Guess what? You can get, you can get rid of your whole list. Your whole list of things. Well, I read, I read my two chapters today. I, I, I pr- prayed for an hour. Prayed a half an hour in tongues. I did this. I did that. I didn't drink. Didn't smoke. Didn't, didn't kick the cat. You got this whole list of, so I must be pleasing to God. You know what? You can do all that and still not be pleasing to God. Because only faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. And guess what? If you're walking in faith, you're going to do the rest. Again, I'm not against feelings. I have them. I enjoy them. But I do my best by God's grace to reign over them rather than than them over me. So what do you do when your emotions take the steering wheel of life? What do you do? Like the song says, Jesus take the wheel, right? He's got a whole, he's got a whole, um, you know how some people have deer heads all over, trophies all over their wall? He has a whole bunch of steering wheels. He He took the wheel. So, What do you do when your emotions are, are taking the, uh, the, the steering wheel of life? You take it b- back by acknowledging God's Word. By acknowledging God's Word over your emotions. We're building, this is a series, we're building on this. But you've got to understand how important the Word of God is is in your life. See, a lot, of, a lot of times people are completely dominated by their feelings to the point where they're irrational. Have you ever been irrational? Have you ever experienced someone that was irrational because of their feelings? What do people say when people get so irrational, their feelings and their emotions get so overwhelming that they become irrational? They say that they've lost their mind. They've lost their mind. That's actually biblically true. So where's your mind? Where's your mind? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lawfully opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Emotions try to Reign over you. You have to reign over your emotions by taking those emotions in obedience to Christ. Our peace is not dependent on outward circumstances, but our inward thoughts. If you are constantly thinking on negative things in the world, you are going to be depressed because the world is a depressing place. It's called ratings. And for some reason, negative news sells. They actually did studies on this. Negative news sells, is, it gets higher ratings than positive news. I think there's some churches that way too. Instead of saying the good news, they tell you the bad news all the time. If you think on positive things, and I have a grateful heart, and think on the good things God has done in your life, 
in the things that He is doing in your life, that He says that He'll do in your life, putting your mind on heavenly things, spiritual things, eternal things, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. You're, you're going to, that's what it means when it says that we are a peculiar people. It all depends on where you put your mind. Isaiah 26.3 You, speaking of God, will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. There is only one reason why we do not keep our minds on God when circumstances happen in our life. And Isaiah tells us. The reason why we do not keep our mind on God, the reason why we don't keep our mind on the Word, the reason why we can get pulled off that when the circumstances of life are happening is because we don't trust Him. It says because He trusts you. That's why His mind is stayed on God. It's, it's a simple thing of faith. It's a, it's a simple thing of trust. When you keep your mind stayed on the awesome things that God has done for you and has prepared for us, it would be impossible for you to be depressed, defeated, regardless of your present situation. In John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is literally telling us that we have the ability for our hearts not to be troubled. He says, You believe in God, believe also in Me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to Myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Or be also. Jesus is saying, hey, be of good cheer. Don't let your heart be troubled. I have everything under control. You have no need to worry. Just trust in me. In Isaiah 26.3, But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. He's not saying that you, you just don't know how good the things are that God has prepared for you. He's saying that you can't even imagine it. You can't even imagine the good things that God has planned for us. What, what if we just constantly tried to out-imagine God? Well, God, I think this is pretty good. I'm going to imagine this. And God has to say, well, I'm going to do better than that. Look at the, the, the Passion Translation puts it this way. This is why scriptures say, scriptures say things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all His lovers. Romans 8.18 For I consider... This is Paul talking here. Did Paul have a good life? The Apostle Paul. You know, the guy that's been shipwrecked. The guy that's been stoned to death. 
the guy that's been um, scourged multiple times, beaten with rods, thrown in prison, bitten by a viper, persecuted wherever he goes, did he have a good life? This is what he says. He says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You are going to be so shocked. When Jesus returns and we are transformed in a twinkling of an eye, you're going to be so amazed that it didn't come down from heaven, but it came from within. The kingdom of God is already in you. He says, he says that shall be revealed in us. It's already in you. You already got it. And to the point, and, that's, and I think that's why Paul was able to go through the things that he was able to go through is because he didn't walk by what he's seen. He didn't walk by his circumstances. He wouldn't walk by what he was experiencing. But he was drawing from that deep well of the glory of God that was already in him. See, one of the reasons that Jesus tells us the future and of the glories that He has planned for you and I is because when you are in the middle of crisis, when you're in the middle of negative circumstances, you can close your eyes and you can think on those things. You can think on those things. You can choose to think about your glorious future. You can choose to think about the wonderful things God has done. You can choose to think about the wonderful things that God has promised that He is going to do. Remembering that our current life, our current life is just a blink of an eye compared to eternity. When we think on these things and walk by faith, then we will start reigning over our feelings and will bring our emotions under control and have peace and joy that comes from within, from the fountains of eternal life that is within us. We find our emotional well-being in who we are in Christ and what He has done for us, not from our physical circumstances. This, my friends, is what it means to walk by faith. And this, my friends, is what it means to please God with our emotions. The just shall live by faith. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You that You are unchangeable. You are the Eternal One. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can lay our life down that you, on the truth that You will be true to Your Word. That You are a good God. That You love us. And You do not desire for Your children to be tossed to and fro. To be double-minded. To be looking at the sea bolstering. But to keep our eyes on Jesus. Continue to walk to Jesus. And we will walk over the waves. Father, we thank You that You've given us our emotions to enjoy. 
and that today you have revealed to us that our lives can be dramatically hindered when we allow our emotions to get out of balance and are led by our emotions rather than walking by faith. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for, for, the, for the internal changes that you are making within us. May you get the glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.